I get it started You are now tuned in to my parents' office yeah, With Brett Castle and Andrew Diaz New new dropping, yeah, you know where I'll be at Believe that, New England flow in your speakers Tryna run game, lace heat like sneakers In a flashlight, lightning bugs I pop up at your spot and I'm lighting up, yeah JR on a mic and I'm next to blow No commercials, I turn it to an episode Better get down to business, begin the show So let me get going, welcome to MPO What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the My Parents Office podcast. I am your host, Andrew Diaz. Today, we've got episode 101, breaking over the 100, uh, the 100 episode mark. Um, and we've got an interview today with Carl Barkley, who runs the D3 Direct Twitter account. Um, find him on Twitter at D3 Direct, YouTube, Instagram as well. Um, great talking to him just about the ins and outs of Division three sports. I play division three football. He plays, he played D three basketball. Um, so it was great talking to him and pretty much why he started up the account to uh, promote division three sports. So it was cool talking to him. Um, next episode you're going to hear is going to be on Thursday. We've got the Drake songs draft with Tom and I, and we've got an interview, actually the first camp Chronicle interview is going to be with, Mass Maritime defensive uh, lineman, Hugh Wells. So that'll be cool to kind of kick that off. Hugh will talk about um, pretty much just being excited to get back on campus um, and actually competing for a fall season. So definitely excited to start that, uh, that little series up, kind of give people that don't play football a look into what it's like being playing uh, football in August before the games, being in camp and grinding it out. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, social medias, follow us at my parents office on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Facebook page, my parents office podcast. And Substack is articles from the office. So go check that out. Um, I'm winding down the uh, um, college football countdown. It's coming to a, an end soon. We, uh, I, I'm taping this on a Monday night. So today was day... 19 so that was let me see who that was um that was quitty pay today we highlighted day 18 is gonna be um who was day 18 connor cook michigan state quarterback i wrote that today and i completely forgot about it so uh go check those out on the sub stack but uh other than that here is the interview with carl barkley all right now joining the show, we have on a uh, person that runs the D3 Direct account, a great account. Go give that a follow if you're a Division Three athlete uh, because it points out everything great about Division Three that nobody knows about. Um, so I'm happy to get, get on Carl Barkley. Sorry about that, Carl. Oh, all good, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. No problem. No problem. Uh, excited to get you on. I know we've been kind of working, working to make this happen. So it's definitely a good thing. Um, especially division three camp for me, at least it's starting up soon. I'm excited to get back uh, at least playing. Cause like pretty much all division three kids may mainly fall sports last year, spring sports the year prior did not have a season. So it's going to be kind of nice to get back to it. Winter was also affected, but, uh, um, what were your thoughts on like the whole COVID shutdown for division three kids? Cause I know you're a former division three athlete, you know, that division three is usually the first to kind of 
go. Division one's the big money maker. So division three will get pushed right to the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was tough. I mean, I, I was talking to a lot of student athletes, especially in basketball space. You know, I played at Swarthmore and huge fan of the program still. And, and they were number one in the country for the entire season and mm-hmm. playing at a really high level. And, you know, we're going to potentially be a national champion, uh, national championship front runner. And, and all of a sudden that's taken away from them as well as many others around the country. Um, so that was right when it got started. But then, as right. you mentioned, there's this next wave where fall athletes then also um, took the brunt. So football, we didn't get that. And, and, you know, just on and on. And so it, it was sad, you know, a lot of kids who would have had maybe a great season or some teams mm-hmm. that, that would have really been able to do something special have now had to improvise and, and, you know, it, it has sparked some great stories. There are kids yeah. who have gone on to do really cool things in this gap year and, or have just decided to graduate and take those classes online. So yeah, it's a mixed bag, but definitely a bummer and, and looking forward to getting some, some fall sports back here. In like a I know weeks. for myself at mass maritime, a lot of the kids, cause I mean, you get that year of eligibility. A lot of the seniors from, that graduated in 2021, they debated coming back. And we've only got one kid coming back or a receiver. Um, so, and that's out of probably like 17 kids. So you, you do see like a lot of them are just like, especially the division three level, they're like, I've got my classes done. I'm just going to start working. I'm not going to stick around. What's nice about football though is, or if you play soccer, field hockey, you can kind of get that, uh, do graduate in four and a half years instead of if you're a baseball or lacrosse player, you have to do a whole five years again. Like you have to do that extra semester. Like if you're a fall athlete, you're kind of set if you do want to come back for that extra year eligibility, which is kind of a nice thing that the NCAA did grant that to athletes. Absolutely. Yeah. Now. So what made you start the division, the D three direct account and kind of put spotlight on division three sports? Cause I love it. I, I don't think division three gets the, proper respect it deserves because you get kids that all division three all americans could be good players on a division really elite players on a division two team and good players on a division one team it's and a lot of people just think if you go division three you're uh you're settling or you just weren't a good athlete that's kind of the stigma around Mm -hmm. if you're uh if you don't know so what made you kind of shine light upon uh division three athletics yeah, I, I think it's it's taken on that that stigma exactly what you're talking about that it's it is a high level um, of competition and and these are serious athletes they're recruited athletes and I, I think also I wanted to just point to the fact that these are opportunities that are greater than the sport that these individuals are deciding to play right mm-hmm. it's a life changing network it's life changing degree that you're you're walking out of these division three institutions with and. Yeah, I think I think helping people see that that what they decide to do and where they decide to go to school is just is more than their sport. So yes, that's that's why I got into it and and trying to help people be be the person, be the guy that I wish I had had as a 17, 18 year old to mm-hmm. say, here's what you should be looking at. Here's the information. Here are some good news sources or yep. potential examples of people you can follow, because it, more often than not, you know, the families and the recruits that I that reach out to me or 
you know, reach out to us, uh, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or, mm-hmm. you know, on YouTube, um, they're just, the question is, how do I start? And, yeah. and how do I get recruited in this day and age? And so again, just trying to be that guide for people. Well, I like, what, what's nice is that you're doing, you're doing a service to the kids that don't know what to do and the families that don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids, especially like, especially when I was a freshman in high school, you think like, oh, I could, pl- I could be a division one football player. I could play at Oregon. I could play at Alabama, but then like junior, sophomore, junior, senior year, you got to kind of realize like, that's not everybody. Not everybody's doing that. And you got to realize, especially myself, I realized I was going to be five, eight forever. So I, uh, do like sophomore year, I kind of realized it and just went about just emailing division three coaches. I kind of knew where I stood. So do you get that a lot with kids mm-hmm. that kind of still think that, like going into maybe their senior year that they're still division one players, maybe that haven't come to that realization yet. Yeah, I think, I think a little bit. And, and I think luckily the internet is helping to change that because division three, you can watch division three games pretty easily online Mm -hmm. and um, there are more highlights out there and there's, there's just more context, right? I think like you're talking about when you're growing up, you don't have a lot of context around like all you're seeing on TV is, is the big, big division one power five programs. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it's tough, but I, I think as, as the internet starts to make that stuff more accessible, people mm-hmm. will have a good idea of not only is D3 a great level of competition and um, but yeah, it could be a good fit if, if maybe the university of North Carolina is not working out for basketball yeah. or, or Duke Um Duke isn't calling you to to bring you on campus for an official visit. Yeah. What what's and, and two, like you mentioned that how people don't have exposure to division three. Um, like Pennsylvania, Ohio area, New York, and then New England. Um, there's a ton of division three schools. Like um, I'm in northern Connecticut. I've got uh Western New England, Springfield right there, Westfield, Worcester State, Connecticut. There's a handful. If you go out mm-hmm. west and into like the middle of the like kind of near Colorado, that area, like you don't really have division three is not much of a thing, uh, especially like out in Arizona, that area of the country, division three is not as big. So those kids out there, especially probably don't know about division three as much up here. We kind of get exposed to it and know like, Oh, there are different options for colleges out there. It's like, you've got mm-hmm. one or two division one schools and then the rest are, you don't really know about them. So I think that's kind of a nice thing geographically being where I'm at and probably like you went to, college in Pennsylvania, there's a ton of division three schools in that Pennsylvania, Ohio area. Mm-hmm. But to your point, it's something I had to learn about as a high schooler that mm-hmm. growing up in North Carolina, there are some division three schools, but I, I grew up in Charlotte and it's, it's just, there's not as big of a presence there. Yep. Um, but yeah, to your point there, I don't think there's any, there are no division three schools in like Utah or Arizona and I think maybe a couple in Colorado, I know Colorado colleges out there, but it's, it's really on the kid to figure that out. So again, that's what I'm, that's the service I'm trying to provide is just an awareness of, of what the level offers and that it is an alternative to the division one dream that we, like you and I both grew up with. I think I wrote myself a letter when I was in like middle school and said, you know, I want to play in for the, Carolina basketball yeah I was growing up in North Carolina that was the dream and at some point you just got to realize that it's not that realistic Mm. and um, just like you did and I did as well so So what was your recruitment process like Uh, because I I know 
Division three is kind of all different. Like I've talked to some Division three kids that at my college, they're like, this is the only school I applied to and the only school that recruited me. And then I have a buddy that got recruited to play like Division one lacrosse and was like, I wanted to come here because of the academics. So how, like, how was your recruitment process uh, coming out of high school? Yeah, it was, it was mainly academic focused. Um, you know, looking back, it was, there were a couple of schools I was looking at that were not for sports and just because I wanted to consider all options and I ended up thankfully deciding to play sports because it was such a big part of my college experience and something I really value looking back on it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think once I decided I wanted to play sports, the thing I found a couple of these camps up North that I think one was at Brandeis and then the other one was at um, I'm blank on the name here, but somewhere in Pennsylvania. And uh, it was the first time that I'd really been exposed to division three coaches and had them coming to watch the games and were playing against similar players. And I think there was a GPA cutoff that you had to make and so it was this really focused recruiting experience that I just never had exposure to. And after that, I started getting some interest from division three schools and, and the process just went from there. It was, it was reaching out. If I didn't get a, a look from somewhere that I'd read about or something that I was interested in, I just emailed the coach and said, Hey, look, I'm going to be at this camp or I was at this camp and I saw you guys were there. or One of your assistants was at least, did you have a chance to see me? If not, you know, where are you guys going to be soon and, and try to just be proactive and, and right. things worked out. How vital do you think that camps are in like the division three recruitment process? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's really a case by case basis, right? Like, you know, if you're a kid growing up in Utah and you don't have division threes near you, it's not something you're familiar with. And mm -hmm. there's a camp in California that, um, that offers, that exposure, a very focused exposure opportunity over a couple of days, you know, I think it can be invaluable. But then mm -hmm. there are other kids who play on some pretty high profile AU teams and, and get exposure that way. That wasn't my case. I was on a, I mean, we weren't great. We were, we were pretty regional, stayed in the area, played yep. some small tournaments. And so I was never getting looks from that. And so for me, again, the camps really helped unlock, um, in, in a short time, helped me unlock some of that recruiting and okay um, yeah so it's case by case but i think depending on where you grow up it's a great way to get a lot of exposure in a short amount of time that's like how i mentioned being in connecticut the new england area like when summer hit when i was like a junior going into like junior year senior year it was you'd always try to find for me it was the division one camps because you knew the division one camps would bring in all of the division three schools in the area like you knew mm -hmm. and like you'd reach out like you said like hey i'm gonna be at this camp hope to see you there coach like stuff like that and those were always the big ones because you're going up against better competition too at these camps too so i mean if you have a good day then that's a good day for you and totally. then you, yeah yeah if you don't have a good day then it's like well this kid's getting recruited by this division one school you can kind of lean back on that and think but like in the, the nice there's nothing you got nothing to lose at those camps right Right. And then like there were the smaller division three schools that would put on a camp where it was just uh, the school was there, just their staff. And they're running you through drills, which was nice because I'd go to the ones that I was like serious about playing at that school. So you get more of that one on one contact with the coaches, which is pretty cool. So I think 
the the camps I think were definitely huge in my recruitment and like our high school coach recommends them uh, every couple months before like June, he'll send out the list like, Hey, this school is doing a camp, get out there make sure you're getting out there. They're not expensive. Like get out there and just get exposure, help yourself out. Yeah. Which ones did you go to for football? Were they the, the Ivy camps up in the Northeast or which, which I, ones were helpful? I did. So they had one at Southern Connecticut state, a division two school, but they brought in like uh, schools from New York, New Jersey, PA, Connecticut, and mass um, did a Yukon one. That was always like the big one in Connecticut was like Yukon because they get like 400 kids there and a ton of coaches never really did the Ivy league ones. And I did one actually at university, uh, UMass. Um, they had actually a specific lineman camp that was pretty cool. So it was all offensive and defensive linemen, which was uh, probably the best one I ever did. Cause it, they brought in good coaches, but you're also working to get better. You're not just doing a 40 time and uh, broad jump there. You're doing actual drills, which was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, so when you were playing division three, what was like the bet, like facilities wise, you notice it, like you go to some schools, you're blown out of the water and others you're like this kind of like you go like this kind of feels division three. Like you see a gym with a, a real small weight room, like stuff like that. And then you go to somewhere it's uh, this could pass as division one. Was there any colleges that stood out like that that you remember traveling to that stood out as like, wow, this is unreal. Or was that Swarthmore for you? Yeah, SWAT, SWAT has undergone a big transformation from the time I was a freshman in 2011 until now. And I mean, even when I was on campus, you know, I think, I think we saw a lot of really nice programs that we traveled to. Um, Roanoke had a great gym down in Virginia. We played up at Columbia my freshman year in New York and they had oh, great wow. facilities and, uh, you know, a couple others. But you know, it is funny. Division three can get a bad rap and sometimes it's reasonable. As a freshman, we didn't have really a dedicated weight room and we would do our weight work in the student, just general student weight room. And so we'd be going in there and we, we would somewhat like take over the area yep. as a group and be doing supersets and trying to make it as, as efficient as possible. So we're rotating and then so we can get out of there. But then they, they put some weights, they redid a shed, like this oh. little stand-up warehouse kind of thing when I was a junior. And then as I was a senior, they they got this huge donation to finish this multi-purpose athletic two-floor mm-hmm. um, weight room workout facility. And in a basement, there's a dedicated athletes only lifting space. So Awesome. went from sharing with the general student body in this, you know, not so great facility to a shed to, I think, state of the art now. And um, so it's, it's been a, it's, I think just the whole program, it's been a fun transition to follow, but the facilities have, have definitely improved. And I think that goes all across the board. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. like Colby just put in yeah. a ton of money to, to build this new athletics facility and, I mean, I think that that trend is happening across higher ed, especially during the pandemic. I saw tons of of courts being redone and fields being redone and schools taking the opportunity with people off campus to really upgrade. So Mm -hmm. it's it's an it's a it's a priority, I think, across the the entire division. Definitely. Yeah, you're you're seeing it, too. A lot of 
Because, like, I was lucky when I was coming in as a freshman that whole summer before, they redid the entire turf. So I was like, this is awesome. This is going to be sweet. Playing four years, like, on a brand-new turf is just the most exciting thing to think about when you're coming in. I'm yeah. like, this is just the greatest thing ever. So – and especially, too, like, you – I always think like my, I'm a big, I love uniforms and stuff. So over the years, like uh, when I was following mass maritime, like getting recruited, they like broke out digital camo uniforms for a game. I was like, those are sweet. And then my freshman year, they break out American flag ones. I'm like, these are even better. And so stuff like that is just cool as like a D3 athlete. You're like, it's not, you're not just a, a, below average athlete like you're getting treated like a high class athlete which is just yeah. the coolest thing ever it's the coolest thing ever yeah i think i i, I was really impressed I, I did that i just dropped a question the other day and to see the variety of d3 football uniforms that the different teams had and you know there are some there are some great you know classic color schemes across the normal jerseys but then like you said these alternates that the yeah. programs have been coming up with to really differentiate themselves I think, I think it's a cool recruiting pitch to be able to say look we got we got these alternates we're just like the big programs and um this is how we treat our athletes so again yeah. I, I think it just speaks to the whole the whole elevation of of division three and and it's coming more into the mainstream and people are recognizing it and also recognizing how serious the athletes are. Yeah, it's, it's especially now, too. Uh, you look at in the NBA, Duncan Robinson was a D3 guy. The NFL, uh, you got Quinn Miners and Ali Marpet. Those were D3 guys. It's And then baseball, yeah. you always, you'll see guys get drafted in later rounds out of Division three schools and become good players. So it, it is nice to see that, that Division three is getting taken more seriously and people are broadening their horizons, especially like the pro level from just looking at, power five schools they're like if this kid mm -hmm. can play we're going to take him we're going to he's going to be a part of this team so i think that's a big thing is seeing how much division three is advanced in the app in the in professional sports totally i mean and then a couple more names you know brandon zilstra for the carolina panthers yeah uh, eric demers was a guy that played just finished up playing in the tbt that the basketball tournament with vrd3 mm -hmm. and he signed with the spurs summer league Freddie nice. Gillespie just signed a two-year deal with the Raptors. You know, I think there was a guy from Haverford College who just pitched for the Yankees the other night and was throwing 100 miles an hour. That's it's awesome. like more and more, I think, I think it's going to become, you know, obviously you're not going to have NBA lottery picks most likely right. coming out of Division Three, but more and more, as you said, if they can play, they're going to find a home in professional leagues, whether in the U.S. or around the world. So now a little bit about you, when you were playing, what kind of player were you like, who would you say you played mm -hmm. the most like, like and your NBA comparison, like you're getting, you're ready to get drafted. Um, and they, like, they showed your picture next to another player. Who is that player? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that. Um, God, I loved, I loved Rip Hamilton because he okay. that's a that's a the old, you're speaking my language right there i love hearing that yeah yeah detroit pistons i just remember watching him and he was you know, he never got tired right mm -hmm. he was always running constant movement on offense and i was a shooter myself okay um never 
never like a, a remarkable athlete, but I always prided myself on just being in better shape than people and mm. trying to outlast and, and keep running and moving off cuts and, and using, using what I could to be deceptive, to, to make space and, and hit shots. So I, I loved watching him play and how he moved without the ball. And so if I, if I can pick anyone, it might be him. I'm also a big Steph Curry fan, but, but okay. you know, that grew up in Davidson watching him play while he was in yeah. college and the way he moves without the ball is also crazy um, pretty incredible so now are you yeah. are you a hornets fan because you're from charlotte uh it's tough it's a, it's a love-hate relationship i was a, i so i grew up they were the charlotte hornets the great teams i mean great is relative but baron davis jamal mashburn yep. eldon campbell these guys who were really fun to watch and then the team got moved to new orleans which was a really tough thing to process as like a third or fourth grader yeah and uh the bobcats came so in, when right? they moved back as the bobcats it was yeah it, and it wasn't really the same they charged they, the ticket prices were really expensive and they the tv like the games were on some weird channel you had to pay for so like it was, it was just hard to be a fan and then obviously they changed the name and um so i've, I've been trying to be supportive i i think when steph got drafted to the warriors i somewhat it was easy for me to switch allegiances because the pelicans were still or the hornets were still down in new orleans and mm. charlotte didn't have an nba team so became partial to the warriors and that you know was, was a pretty good team to be a fan of yeah um, the, i mean the some past of the couple years teams were pretty fun to watch like the year they made the playoffs with Kemba, uh, Al Jefferson, sure. like that, that was a, a pretty fun team to watch until they ran into uh, LeBron and the Miami Heat. That was definitely a tough series to watch because I got Kemba's my favorite NBA player um, of all time. So seeing him like have to He's go great. against LeBron, Wade, Bosh, Shane Battier was uh, Mario Chalmers, which is brutal. Um, but I yeah, mean, no, that was that was really a super team. You, you got to kind of like, though, like what – I mean, Charlotte looks good this year. Like They look, look like they could be a team that could compete in the East. I mean, they added Oubre. Um, again, they drafted another UConn guy, Book Knight, who I'm a huge fan of. You still have Terry Rozier, yeah. uh, Lonzo – or uh, Lamelo. Um, just really don't have a big man. That's the only thing that stinks. Right. Yeah, I mean, Zeller's still there. And then P.J. Washington – they got Miles Bridges. They have they have a pretty strong young core. I was sad. Uh, I think they let go of uh, Devontae Graham, who was a local yeah. guy and was really a fun story because he had just been playing well. But and then Gordon Hayward. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think the tough thing for me, like you said, they don't have a big man, but the tough thing for me is they've they've just repeatedly locked themselves in this position of being between the eight and the six seed. Feels mm-hmm. like in the East or the six and the 10 maybe. Right. And it's such a tough position to be in because maybe they'll make the playoffs, but you never really have a ton of confidence that they're going to do anything with, with a bid. And that's like the same four teams every year that are in that six to 10. It's like Charlotte, Washington, Chicago, and like yep. Orlando. Those are like the four that are just stuck, yeah. in, stuck in purgatory right there. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I mean, LaMelo, LaMelo feels different. He feels like another level of talent. Same with yeah. Bridges and, and PJ Washington at times that maybe we finally have a young core that's going to 
push push them into the top four. But yeah, it is it purgatory is the right word. Now uh, you're all so for it's football. Been, are you also a Panthers fan? Grew up as a Panthers fan. Yep, yep. That's where my allegiances lie. So that's I mean, how about you? That's, that's another team I'd be pretty excited to watch too, because like I like Darnold coming in there with pretty good weapons. And you get Dan Arnold, you got McCaffrey back healthy, hopefully. Uh, so I think that could be an exciting team to watch this year, too. I mean, it's just a, an extremely tough division they're playing in with New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and uh, Atlanta, which, I mean, they should beat Atlanta, but the other two teams are real tough. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, exciting wide receiver core. I mean, mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson, Darnold, and uh, also DJ Moore out there. Just mm-hmm. hopefully give give Darnold some protection. I think the biggest thing, our issue, and you'll appreciate this, is just our line has been yeah. so bad um, the past couple of years. It didn't really matter who was under center, if it was Cam or Bridgewater, that if they're getting hit or you know, hurried every single play, it's it's not the, – the, the quality of the quarterback doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so decent guys I, I hope they've done like- enough. With like Taylor Martin's not bad and Matt Perry yeah, isn't bad, it's, but it's just a struggle. It is, it is, and I think we, we've we've gotten a little unlucky with injuries at times mm-hmm. and had guys playing out of their positions or switching sides, and so we'll see. I think I think the line and obviously McCaffrey's health will be an indicator on the season. If McCaffrey's yeah. if McCaffrey's healthy, it takes a ton of pressure off the line too because he's so explosive and can make stuff happen and just can catch it out of the backfield. And, and so they have to back off a little, be, be a little more aware of him. And whereas last year when, when he wasn't in the backfield, it was, it was kind of open season on Bridgewater. It felt like at times. Oh yeah. You gotta be excited at least for the defensive line. I mean, you got Brian Byrne, Derek Brown, and then Hassan Reddick is going to be coming off the edge a good bit. So that's at least going to be an exciting unit to watch the front seven. Yeah, and then Jeremy Chen is is I love it has really been a fun uh, revelation. Great player, great player. He, we, I don't feel like we've had a great safety in a while. Um, we obviously we had Bradbury, who was a good corner. I think he's yep. on the Giants now, and then we we had. Um, we had Josh Norman for a little bit mm. in that Super Bowl run, but I, I just I don't remember the last time we had a truly great safety in all league safety. So, okay. be exciting to have him calling the shots back there. Carl, I appreciate you coming on. Um, one question we always ask before any athlete, any coach, any former athlete. Um, I'm always fascinated with what people listen to before they play. So you got three songs right before a game. What were your three in college? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm an outlier on this one. I would always go with something that was a little calmer. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, I wasn't in the business of getting hyped up. Um, I mean, it was always fun, loud music in the locker room, whatever. But I feel like on my own, I was probably watching – you know, I love to, I would like watch highlights of great shooters just to see how they were putting their feet down and getting, getting lined up for the, um, for their shots. And I think it was a great like visualization thing to just see a bunch of shots going in over and over again. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I'm trying to think of specific songs. It's been a, it's been a while. 
but yeah, definitely, well, definitely more uh, low key than. Or do you remember maybe too, like too crazy? What, what you guys would come out of the locker room too? Did you guys have a specific song like maybe one year that you remember that was like wicked hype? Because I know my high school basketball team they came out to uh, Jump by Criss Cross, and they had like two kids that could dunk. So like they're coming out, and then when Jump starts, like the two kids are throwing down dunks. It would look look perfectly. Like it worked awesome. So I don't know. Maybe you guys had something to that extent. Yeah. No, our high school, our high school soundtrack was definitely much, much better, much more choreographed. We, uh, we'd come out and I'm trying to remember. I mean, this was in like Drake was just starting to be a big thing. And yep. so um, there was a song that he and Lil Wayne did together, maybe above it. And yeah. that was always on. Um, I think there were Eminem's Till I Collapse was definitely on there. That one still gets played today. So, it's a, it, that's an there were some good ones. Yeah, that was that was a good one that always got the, the crowd going. Yeah, Carl, I appreciate you coming on. Um, go follow D three Direct on Twitter, Instagram. Plug away all your social medias so people can find you and uh, give you a follow. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. No problem, Carl. Best of luck this season, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Right around the corner. But uh, this is gonna come out. Tuesday. So at that point I move in on the 12th Thursday. So uh, it'll be right around the corner. It's uh, right here, but uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the, my parents office podcast. Uh, stay tuned for the first episode of camp Chronicles coming up Thursday. Thank you. Real shit, baby. Got me stressed on vacation. No escaping, playing with my head in my heart. She would shut me up quick. Like don't even start. But when I found somebody, you tried to pull us apart. You wild behind the scenes, saying around you thinking like gold and diamond rings and noise and finding things.